0: This is exactly right. I'm just chewing on my mint here. You got to chew a mint these days. You got to yeah.
1: stay fresh for our bananas. Mm hmm. That's why I put mint in before I do bananas to make sure I got some fresh takes. <laughs> Keep this in, Katie. This is good.
0: This, this is, good is stuff. quality podcasting. Scott, you ready? Ooh, Curdy B. I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh.
1: Park rangers, check camera trap, and discover 400 of the 580 photos it took were bear selfies. (laughs) Oh, man. All right,
0: well, it's going to be a wild one out there on this brand new episode of Bananas. Bananas.
1: Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am uh, my name's Kurt, Kurt Brownoler, and my birth name is Scott
0: Landis, but everybody calls me Scotty Landis, and I call myself Banana Boy Number Two. Welcome. What? Put away your worries, Kurtie mm-hmm. B. This is the feel-good podcast. Everybody else wants you to feel bad all the time.
1: I'm standing up. I'm ready to feel good. I got my banana sweatshirt on. Very comfortable sweatshirt. I wore mine yesterday on a walk, and
0: I got to say, I like our merch. When did Scotty take off for you? College. Everybody started calling what? me. My, my college friends, half of them call me Scott, half of them call me Scotty, but when I moved to New York... And started to work my way into comedy and entertainment, uh, people would introduce me as Scotty. Shanali Bomick, who was on the pod. She was the first one to be like, This is Scotty, and then you and Kristen. So Are you I was no kidding known.
1: me? That is I would have assumed it was from like two or three years old. Your parents well, call you yes. Scott?
0: They call me either. They call me both. And I had guys that I played sports with as a little guy, you know, the coaches and then my friends, and they would call me Scotty. But I had thousands of nicknames. Scott is one of those names where it can be, it rhymes with lots of things. It sounds like lots of things. So I had many, many nicknames.
1: So, and, but Scotty, is Scotty what you write under?
0: Yes. And it's what I, I would change my name legally to Scotty. Like it's on my, um, it's what my WGA writers guild like yeah. my yeah exactly and all the credits on movies uh our friend Jack Robichaud sent me a picture last night from the bar Birds you know that one right near the old UCB on Franklin oh, yes. it's like yes, the yes, college yes. feeling bar and they mm-hmm. were watching ma uh like on both screens they had ma and I'm like yeah, yeah that's maybe. that's a Scotty Scott feels like S- Scott's a white guy name that just sounds like I'm either a lifeguard a ski instructor or like <laughs> your sister married
1: a guy and she settled and everybody knows it. Uh, that I totally understand that. I remember the first time we went to Aspen comedy. The only time I went to Aspen Comedy Festival was with an improv group, and my friend Ptolemy. We stayed with his uncle who was a a, um, a a rescue. No, no. I guess a ski instructor at the Aspen. Yeah, like there's mountain. mountains. Yeah, yeah. And so like that this and I imagine his name was Scott. He also like he he's he skied in the wintertime and uh and taught people how to ski and then in the summertime yeah. he went and surfed. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's Scott. That's hey, a Scott. Look, hey, and not not to take away from Scotty, I I'm not that I described a guy who's probably pretty fun guy himself.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. He lives in an apartment, sometimes sleeps in his own van, and yeah, he's broken a few hearts in his life, and sure, he should go to the dermatologist and get those moles and freckles checked out. That's Scott behavior.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Folks, if you are in Portland, Oregon, why don't you come on out and see me in April, all right? You should. I'm in there April, I think 13th, 14th, 15th, I'll be honest with you. I'm at Mm. Helium Comedy Club. Come on, down to Portland, Oregon. Yeah, buddy. do you want to hear about this story?
0: I love it. Where are you? Helium? Is that what you just said? Helium Comedy Club? Yeah. Great club. Great club. Super we should fun. do a bananas there.
1: We should do a bananas there. Oh, maybe we should do a bananas in the afternoon. Let's
0: Let's, uh, let's tra- just put this out to the bananimals. Send us in send us hot takes in your DMs. Fresh takes like Curdy's mouth. Uh Would you like us to do a mini Bananas After Dark tour, three or four dates, with Lauren Cook, Kurt's lovely and smart and funny wife, my good friend, the three of us? Maybe we'll come do some very drunken live shows. Let us know. Fire it off in the DM. Say yes. Or in the comments when we post this on the Bananas Podcast. If you want a small, bad tour, let us know.
1: (laughs) Hey, but that is an idea. Would you come out to Portland for... A bananas on Saturday afternoon at Helium? Hell yes, I would. All right. I'm going to just announce it right now. All right? Let's do it. There's no reason not to do that. That would be, um, and I'm sure, unless they have another podcast, which I highly doubt. Do an early April, show. That would be Saturday, April 15th, 4 p.m. Let's say a 4 p.m. show. I'm saying all of this without checking with the venue, but I'm pretty sure this would make it sound. You know what I'm saying? Everybody likes money,
0: and the Banana Boys are going to bring the thunder. I mean, the Aladdin Theater was dope and amazing, and we're so glad that we sold it out. But let's go to Helium and rock a daytime show, and then go out and get a nice meal in Portland, Oregon.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And then I'll go do two shows. In Bridgetown. But you come out, we'll have a nice weekend, we'll have fun. You can book the hotel this time. Last time I booked us a hotel in Portland, I feel like I booked us a mental asylum. Like all oh. the walls, everywhere you looked, there was scratches and scrapes along every wall. Like just someone was with the luggage cart just that. jamming it into every possible surface. It was yeah. the saddest it was the saddest corporate. Marriott I've ever been to in my life. Very corporate. Scotty books better hotels. That's true, and he rents better cars. Well, that
0: I get upgrades. That's a that yeah. is that's the
1: Amex experience, baby. <laughs> Here it is. Park rangers check camera trap. Discover 400 of the 580 photos it took were bear selfies. Um, that's cool i i read this myself when i was just reading the news the camera this Very is from good. people magazine written by that's People real. staff mm-hmm embarrassed people staff don't want to be involved <laughs> uh, this is uh I, i'm going to tell you straight up scotty this is this article is just the headline and that's why it's Love. written by people staff Rangers for a Colorado park system found a surprise when they checked wildlife cra- camera trap 400 bear selfies. Uh, we already know that. Boulder, Colorado's open space and go. mountain parks wanted to observe the land systems. Sensitive mm-hmm. wildlife habitats unobtrusively, so park rangers placed nine camera traps across 46,000 acres to see how animals use the area. Upon checking one of the camera traps to see what wildlife had captured, rangers found hundreds of photos of a shamelessly curious bear. Why, why, why should he be shamed, shamed yeah, by I his understand cu- that. curiosity? Why is it shamelessly curious? Uh, and then there's just don't a know. quote. There is just a quote that restates the headline. Uh, recently, a bear discovered wildlife crap <laughs> used to monitor <laughs> wildlife across boulders, OSMP. The whole article was written for this guy's quote. Out of the yeah. 580 photos captured, about 400 were bear selfies. There we go. And that is yeah. the end of this article. Now, uh, oh, wait. No, it's not. But you know what? It's there's more. That's what you're there saying. There is more. That and people just, staff, they're good. You know, there is more, it's then just more about, it's not about like, what's the bear doing? Why is he not. taking so many selfies? It's just Why about, would there be? It's about camera traps in general. And you know what? I don't think we need to go there. Now, very excited about this because I realized when I read okay. this that I've never told this story on the podcast. Oh, mama. This is probably 20, 2015, maybe 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably 2015. And I found this little place up in okay. the Angeles National Forest. Love it there. That you can, you can hike into it, and there's cabins there. I'm not going to use its name. Um, yeah, don't blow it. Don't dox yourself. But uh, if you were really obsessed about knowing, you can DM us and we'll give you the name of this place. It's the really Bananas magical Podcast. place. The, the Bananas Podcast at Instagram. Um, but it's just, uh, it's about a, I don't know, three hour hike straight uphill. Uh, That sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three-hour hike straight uphill, and then you get to this place where there's no cell service, there's no electricity anywhere, but they have electricity, and they have running water from a stream. And so there's a couple cabins that you can like rent, and they're kind of amazing, and it feels very magical. And so uh, we got got in contact with them and rented one of the cabins, and Laura and Mm -hmm. I were going to go up and have a romantic... Weekend, together. start a family. You got to do it somewhere. Yeah, we we had we didn't we didn't have kids yet. Okay, and so we get on our big hiking backpacks, you know. And uh-huh. I've never backpacked before in my entire life. I've done a lot of camping, but never backpacked. That's and great. We, and we it's the it's wonderful. And we start hiking up this mountain. We get there around, I'm um, I'm gonna say dusk. We arrive, and it is dusk, and it is- The most
0: romantic time of day.
1: It's probably April, so, mm. and it's probably mm. like, it's probably like 5,000 feet up, so okay. it's cold. Oh, I see. Um, and we get up there, and we're very, very excited. Yeah. And we're like, all right, and so someone is supposed to be there to open oh, the cabins for you, because the cabins are locked. They don't give you a okay. key or anything. Oh, someone boy. has to be on site to let you in. We okay. get up there, dusk, nobody's there. We walk all around. Uh, nobody is there at did all. Did you make noises? where you like "hello," or did you yeah. chirp, or growl, yeah. or howl? And we're just, we're just, we haven't seen anybody on the trail because it was, you know, getting towards the in late hours. afternoon. Yeah. No one else on the trail. We haven't seen anybody for like two and a half hours. We are in deep, deep wilderness. Kind of scary, yeah. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I didn't bring a tent because we had a cabin to stand. So why would understandably. I understandably? Uh, so now we're in a situation where very quickly <laughs> it just turned into a, like a survival situation Yeah. where, uh, we're just alone in the woods. It's definitely, we, we don't have, we can't hike back out three hours in the, in the dark. No, you get lost. That'd be bigger ne- trouble. Yeah. And so there's a box and it says emergency call box. And what it is, it's literally a box that has one wire, like literally one metal wire that runs from it all the way down the mountain.
0: Oh. and it's Almost like a telegraph or something. Yes!
1: And it's from 1920, I I think. Mm -hmm. So I open up this like wooden box and literally there's a one of those upside down old timey telephone pieces that you pick up. What? And literally like a squawk box.
0: Oh, man. And so
1: I pick it up and when I pick it up it starts to, um, like ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone at the bottom of the mountain, I have no idea who the hell I was talking to. Yeah. Just like someone at the pack station. That's like all the way at the bottom of the mountain yes. picks up. And I was like, somebody's supposed to be here. No one's come. And, uh, they're like, what are you talking? What? Oh no. Like this is okay. We'll, we'll, we'll call you back. Um, so then I oh, hang great. out. Yeah. So then we're just like hanging out. Um, and then it just starts ringing again. Mm-hmm. You know like they after, have the number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there is no, there's no other uh, place. There's one wire. I think all of them just ring. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like They're all <laughs> these boxes that go down the mountain. And so pick it up, and it's the person who like runs the camp, and they're like, "We are so sorry. Someone was supposed to be there. I can't get in touch with them. I myself uh, cannot go up right now. Um, my my knee, I have a bad knee or whatever. Uh, we're going to continue to try and get in touch with this person. Um, sure. And I was like, well, what do we do? Because at this point it's dark, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable going down the mountain like this. Because there's like sections where literally you're going along a sheer cliff.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just
1: couldn't do that in the dark.
0: With roar. Of course. That's scary. Uh,
1: and they're like, there is an emergency shelter that you can... The door is locked to it, but if you go around the back, you can push a window open, and you should be able to get in there. And there's wood in there. You can make a fire. And I was like, okay, great, we'll do that. And so then we like, it's essentially an A-frame little cabin, and we push the window open, and we climb in through the window. Oh, my God. And then we're inside actually like a beautiful little tiny cabin, and we get a fire going, and I have, I like, I brought food, and I yeah. have like so. Then we cook up food, and I brought a little w- vodka. <laughs> yes. So then we're having this a uh, 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 fucking beautiful fire Ooh. in a fireplace in this like emergency cabin shelter. So good. Put out our our uh, our um our uh, sleeping bags, and then like have some vodka, have some food, feeling good, and then like we we're, we're, like I put my my uh, phone on. And this is so crazy. I mean, it just immediately goes from, like, we're very excited for a fun weekend to survival situation to yeah, near death. the most romantic evening we've ever had in our entire mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And I put Shuffle on my phone and put it in a cup Classic. so we can hear it. And the first song that plays is the song that we danced to at our wedding. Totally random. Which That's is an M- funny. An M. Ward song. So then we're, like, dancing in this... Uh, In this emergency shelter, uh, with this beautiful fire roaring, and then we go to bed uh, right in front of the fire because it was pretty cold at this point. Uh, Yeah, go to bed in front of the fire, and then right as we've completely drifted off into unconsciousness, the door just like bangs open, and it's (laughs) holy (laughs) shit! This the woman who was supposed to be there originally. So she got the phone call because she had forgotten. So then she hiked in the dark for three hours all the way up the mountain and was like, you guys can go in your cabin. I'm so sorry. And it's like 11 p.m. at night, which is like when you're hiking, it's like 2 in the morning, you know? And we're just like, oh, oh, okay. And so everything worked out. The whole weekend was. But it was like it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my
0: entire life yes did she show up with like a deli tray of meats and cheeses
1: fresh no, she fruits just, she just showed up crackers with <laughs> see she's an
0: idiot if if she blew it to the point where you guys almost died and you had to use a telegraph from the 1920s you got you can't show up and empty-handed you have to show up with something to be like i acknowledge that i blew this big time here is a six-foot party sub and some funny party hats have a nice evening
1: that's it's so really crazy funny. to me. The whole funny, the idea of her carrying a six-foot party sub for three for three hours yeah. up a mountain.
0: Yes, <laughs> an apology sub. That would be so cool. <laughs> it's like, grab the apology sub, breaks the glass, pulls it out, shoulders it. <laughs> That's so nice. Surprise romance.
1: Surprise mm-hmm. romance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, man. I got one for you. Please. This is from 7news.com co.australia. Farhad Faroki sent this in. Thank you, Farhad. We appreciate it. We appreciate Cindy it. Tran wrote this. and Cindy Tran, who is day after day, the best in the business. Somebody I would love to learn from in journalism There is a school.
1: reason Cindy has a BITB tattoo on her right wrist. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. She's that good. Single woman's genius tactic to avoid paying for groceries for two years wow i want to hear about take a guess take a guess kurt just top top of the head what's your guess what did this genius single woman do
1: walking right out with them just walking out and not going near the register you know, it's funny you said that because there was a story somebody
0: sent us like eight months ago that was about New Jersey got rid of plastic bags or made you start yeah. paying for plastic bags. It was one of the two. And that the response at this grocery store, it was a news story, was people just started stealing. Uh, They just started leaving without bags. They would just take the groceries and just walk out of the store as a protest to not being able to get a plastic bag. I was like, that is some so, high class decision making.
1: That is crazy. It was right, like, what? My 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 what? seven and a half minute trip to the store. There won't be a remnant of that for five thousand years in a landfill. <laughs> I'm furious. I want my trip to Seven Eleven marked Rem- for five thousand years, long after I've gone.
0: Uh, like a remnant. Single woman's genius <laughs> tactic to avoid paying for groceries for two years, so she could. I could spend money on other things, like savings, investing, or buying a Prada bag, she said. Oh, boy. Uh, uh-oh. uh-oh. With rising cost of living, it's no surprise people are pulling out all the stops to save money, which is true. Things are expensive these days. I don't know if you've tried to buy eggs or any type of meat product, but it'll. you should go vegan these days. Basically, the prices are so insane that I'm like... Dude, I'm, paid, I'm eating potatoes.
1: I paid fourteen dollars for some eggs. I'll be upfront with you. And I—that's ridiculous. I we had already like brought them up, and I was like, "What is happening?" As it was happening, I was like, "What's going on?" I don't want eggs that badly.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, one single woman, meaning one woman who is single, not one, not one <laughs> single woman. God. <laughs> Cindy Tran is truly the best in the biz. Uh, One single woman has been hailed a genius after she boasted about going on six dates every week to avoid paying for groceries for two years. Six dates? Vivian 2 a former Wall Street trader from New York City. I mean, this person keeps getting better and better. I know. Oh, <laughs> Explained oh how she got to enjoy <laughs> I know. Explained how she got to enjoy the perks of free dinners after she managed to line up back-to-back dates with men she met on dating apps. As time went on, the now 28-year-old ended up saving about $22,100 in Australian currency um, in 24 months. Between 2016 and 2018, she says, I did it by groceries once, Vivian confessed, in a very amusing TikTok video.
1: Let's see how amusing it is. In two years, Mm -hmm. she thinks she saved $22,000? Mm-hmm. A single person, I know how much I spend on groceries, and I mm-hmm. am feeding a family of four. And yes, I and this is just think one I single spend, woman. I don't even think I spend $22,000. Oh, maybe Australian. Maybe Australian, folks.
0: Well, but uh, so the, they said, oh, she said, Vivian too, that is, the, the genius. Uh, I probably saved about $150 U.S. a week. Okay. Poking fun at herself, yes, she then that, joked, "That makes
1: quote, sense. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. When women uh when they say women are bad with money, but you used to go on six dates a week to avoid paying for groceries, that's all it said. That's that's the poking fun at herself. And then she says to end this very amusing TikTok video, quote, "If you dated me between 2019 and 2018, you may be entitled to financial compensation." That's what she said? Yeah, so she had a little. That's a good little jokey oh, right. poo at the end, but also not genius. But
1: I mean, good for her.
0: If you're gonna, if these people are gonna buy you a dinner and you you take that that takeaway, go get it.
1: Yeah, I just I, I just realized that 2016, 2017, 2018. It's three years. I'm still hung up on the math, guys. Okay, there's just- a
0: lot happening.
1: I just been doing all the math on my phone. $150 a week yep. now, for three years is $22,000. That all makes sense. It checks out <laughs> the most boring comments that I could possibly imagine
0: making. You're crushing it. When I was a valet <laughs> at the River Cafe in Brooklyn, we would get staff meals, which was nice. And they were always really good. They had great chefs there. And. But I became friends with one of the dessert chefs, and their signature dish at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, was a chocolate mousse Brooklyn Bridge. You've probably seen it, actually, but it was like a vertical slice of – it was a rectangular chocolate mousse, and then they stuck together like chocolate, pieces of chocolate to look like the Brooklyn Bridge. And there was a time where I was taking those home Every single night, because if they flubbed one or it was crooked, they wouldn't serve it. And Ooh. she would come out and she would be like, Do you want this? And then she would always try to sell me Valium with the uh, bridges. Because really? I guess she had a Valium. Yeah, she'd be like, Do you want five milligrams of Valium? I'd be like, No, no, the free cakes.
1: <laughs> free cakes are <laughs> good free, for me. The Free cake is what <laughs> I'm interested in.
0: And listen, I'm 25 <laughs> and I'm a valet. You call me in 10 years. If I'm still a valet, I'm going to take a Valium <laughs> every night with the cake. But it was cool. She was like this little. Dessert tender. uh, She was awesome. She was such a funny thing. But when I read this, I was thinking, did I... I know I've told you in life, and I ran into Kurt Neal, our our friend and actor and writer. Did I ever tell the story about Diablo, uh, the Diablo taco fabricator on here where we broke up a very strange fight? I
1: I must have. No. No, not at all. Because I know that you we know, have never talked about Diablo Taco Fabricator the most ridiculous name for a restaurant in the history of names of re- yes. of dumb restaurants including the spaghetti warehouse
0: yes yes you know it's the spaghetti um,
1: factory <laughs>
0: still dumb um so for the bananas who don't know, in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, there was mm-hmm. there's this big, there's a big restaurant and it's right on Sunset Boulevard. It is a primo location. It's,
1: and it's huge. About,
0: it's huge. It's shaped like a triangle. And uh, it opened in probably about eight years ago. It's closed now. But it was of called course. Diablo, the Taco Fabricator. Because when you're Ugh. thinking authentic tacos, you're thinking about how they're fabricated in the back. Ugh. But they did do one thing very, very smartly. And you probably remember this, Kurt. They would serve you like a 24-ounce draft beer in a cold mug and then stick a michelada popsicle in it to melt while you were oh. drinking.
1: Oh, wow. It
0: was that's smart. delicious.
1: Now, that's fabricated. That is... <laughs> Yeah, and so... Would you like your uh, beer fabricated? I get <laughs>
0: yes. I had a gaggle of, um, I still do, but I also did then, of Midwestern lesbian friends who were huge Green Bay Packers fans, the uh-huh. Green Bay Packers football team. And they called and said, Scotty, do you want to meet us at Diablo, the taco fabricator for Micheladas and Tacos? And I said, yes, I do. So I show up. And the only other dude with them is Kurt. not this Kurt Brown or Kurt Neal, who's uh, a big guy. He's your your height, but he's a he's a big mm-hmm. dude. Um, pretty empty in there. We're watching on like ten screens. We're f- they're fabricating tacos for us. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm ingesting a few popsicle beers, and a man walks in uh, with a purple mohawk, um, a tank top, like a uh, a white tank top, baggy jeans. And a chainsaw he's and the chainsaw is not turned on., oh. but he walks in like that, like straight like a villain from a Jackie Chan movie. And so I clock him instantly. I'm like watching him out the corner of my eye. The ladies are watching the game. we're all joking around, and the manager is a dude, let's say 30 year old white dude, and he's like, "Hey, man, you can't bring a chainsaw in here." And the yeah. guy's like, "Oh, can I just put it down?" And he's like, yeah, just put it down near the cash register and you can get it on your way out. And I'm like, this guy is so weird. And so he doesn't order tacos. No, no tacos are being fabricated for this man, but they do fabricate him a beer. And he's just standing, like looking at everybody and doing that thing like crazy people do where they kind of look at every crowd and are like laughing and smiling and nodding along like they're, like they're judging you. But also like he was like smarmy. It was weird. And so I got one eye on this guy the entire time. And he's like, can I get some tacos? And a waitress walks over and she's like, yeah, here's a menu. I'll come back and get it. Uh, Let me know. Everybody's just trying to like, you know, deal with this guy and get him out of there. You could tell they were like, get this guy to go order and get his ass out of here. Yeah. The next time that waitress walks by, woman, late 20s, he dumps his beer over her head. It's the meanest shit. It was so mean. It was like, ugh, it made me, like, I went from zero to 200 in a second. And then the woman, like, shrieks, understandably, Uh and drops the beers or food she was carrying. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, fuck you, bitch. And then it was like, here we go. And so uh, the manager guy, who had been cool, who wasn't a, a, a large gentleman, runs over. He's like, get the fuck out and kurt and i are already on our feet and then he gets into a fight this guy gets into a fight with the manager so mohawk guy is fighting the manager people are backing away it's mostly women in there um the lesbian packer fans i think just watch the game we're having a great time no everybody was like really <laughs> freaked out and what happened and i don't uh it's like not seeing red but it's almost like blacking out in the moment is within about 10 seconds kurt grabs the guy by both shoulders and pulls him off of the manager the manager does land a pretty good punch in there i without thinking had walked over picked up the chainsaw had walked out the front door (laughs) across the street and threw it over the fence of a house into the backyard (laughs) and then walked back in (laughs) kurt like Kurt pushed the guy out. Cops came within like 10, I mean, honestly, two minutes. They were, they were there. The guy gets arrested. We sit back down. Uh, the, our friends are just like, holy shit, thank God you guys were here. And Kurt's like, somebody had to do something about that guy. And then my friend Sarah goes, where did you go? I go. What do you mean? She goes. Where'd you go with that chainsaw? I go. I just threw it in the backyard of that house over there. And she goes. Why? I go. I just wanted to get as far away as possible. And then we all just watched the rest of the football game as that guy got taken away. Whoa. I drive by that house all the time. I don't. After the game, I didn't knock on the door and be like, "Hey, there might be a chainsaw in your backyard." So for years, I've been like, "What was their experience?" Where in the morning they came out and they're like, "Free chainsaw." <laughs>
1: It did, was did, did out of an action movie. Did you tell the cops movie. that he had a chainsaw when he walked in?
0: Yeah, the manager did, but I didn't yeah. go. And I took it and I threw it. Like we were yeah. just like it was. It was the adrenaline rush of yeah. just being in a taco fabricator and then having to fight a Jackie Chan villain. But good on Kurt. Like banana of the week for Kurt because yeah, he yeah. stepped up, walked directly over the guy, and like. And disciplined another grown man while I, uh, now I know how I behave in that situation. I take the murder weapon and throw it. (laughs) But also, I wish like you had been driving by on sunset and just seen, like, why is Scotty, what is Scotty doing?
1: Oh my God, after that, that like adrenaline spike, I mean, how many tacos did you have fabricated?
0: Dude, I probably digested, I would guess, six to eight fabricated tacos.
1: Oh yeah, of course. You got you, you got that insulin drop Fight after your food. adrenaline spikes Dude. I get it. You got it to fill that was belly. wild. Yes yeah, sir. That's a good story. I love it. Are you ready to send us um, to gl- a I'm glad. Yeah, tease us, This tease is us. this is absolutely fascinating. Okay. When when Cleveland released 1.5 million balloons and 2 okay. men died in 1986. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll get
0: into that uplifting story when we come back on Bananas.
1: bananas, 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 Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout-outs?
0: Oh, I do. And also, guys, give us those five-star hot reviews on Apple Podcasts or Please. wherever you listen to podcasts. They matter. We get we get them every day. I've been screenshotting the ones I like and putting them in our Instagram stories, but we really appreciate it.
1: It really matters. Uh, it
0: makes... It does. And, you know, let's get to 10K this year. That would be great. Uh, Liz Sky High, I believe it's Liz Sky High, wants to shout out... This is a great one, by the way, Kurt. Uh-huh. Wants to shout out her best friend forever, Alexandria, who is at Leviathan Farm on Instagram, at Leviathan Thar- Farm for being one of the youngest and one of the only Native American accredited funeral directors in America. Wow. Oh, awesome. I'm guessing the whole damn world. I don't think there's many Native American accredited funeral directors in Peru. Yeah. But maybe there yeah, are.
1: This- exactly.
0: Probably zero in Spain. <laughs> She will be running her own funeral home in Idaho starting in February. Awesome. Alexandria, congratulations. We want some merch. Let's trade some merch. I know you're oh, probably like, yeah. oh, that's too morbid. Grow up. It's not. We're supporting Alexandria, one of the only Native American accredited funeral directors in America. I will wear a t shirt from a funeral home. I don't care. Me too. I would congratulations. So we'll yeah, send, we'll, 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 do a, we'll do a we'll do a little stuff. swap. Yeah. Nisa they wants they to shout. Do they have
1: merch though? Do they have merch? I don't know. I, don't I think am... they do. I would say probably that's one of the industries that doesn't carry merch. <laughs>
0: hey, good way to make a little extra scratch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's part of the deal. You only go around the carousel once. Speaking Nisa wants of... to shout out. <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: Speaking of, I just finished and it was a behemoth. Uh, so you know, in my special, I have a joke. In my last special, I have a joke about the Giving Tree, and about how Harper Collins wouldn't give me the rights to the Giving Tree, so that I have the quote "Sharing Bush." Um, yes, the Sharing which, Bush. <laughs> and I just have like a faked book on stage Way for it. So I yes, wrote sir? the Sharing Bush. <laughs> I illustrated you did? the share. I wrote and illustrated a thirty-eight-page book uh, called the Sharing Bush. I cannot draw. At all, at all can I not draw. And it is the dumbest thing Makes I've ever committed my time to. It took Good. way longer than anticipated. And I, I will have that for sale at shows. Uh, so you'll be able to get yes. the sharing bush from me. The dumbest, Terrify your children. The dumbest merch. Yeah, don't show it to children. It's not for children.
0: Send it to your adult friends who love Aloft.com um here we go we'll do we'll do this one then we'll move on actually we'll do two quick ones alex stotzer alex thank you so much send us alcoholic baja blast mountain dew baja blast with Alk in it kurti b is currently on the wagon
1: yeah i'm uh let's see let's see i'm 26 days into a 100 day abstinence but after that 100 days my very first drink is a mountain dew hard baja blast
0: There we go. Thank you, Alex. Very cool of you to do. We're trying to get some of that Baja Blast hot sauce. So if anybody has a line on that, send me one to our P.O. box. And we'll end on this one. Nisa, who I've said her name three times now, Nisa wants to shout out her partner David. Nisa lost her dad recently, and David has been Sorry. extra extra supportive. It's tough. Nice. Uh, David David has been a rock. Nisa says David is an all around great guy and really exemplifies what she thinks is bananas standards for men: being respectful, goofy, and having a golden heart, and hating invasive species. So. <laughs> Nisa, thank you. It's a very kind. DM. We also think those are good bananas traits for dudes. For everybody, yeah. but for dudes.
1: And I just to specify, because I always do. We don't. We we do dislike invasive species, but we admire Correct. their tenacities to survive. Yes.
0: Yes, we do. <laughs> They're just being animals.
1: And I'll save you
0: other shout-outs for the episode we're recording tomorrow, Curdy B.
1: Sounds good. All right, here it is. Tell
0: me about those balloons.
1: This was sent in by Morgan. I'm going to say Chiaka or Ciaka, C I O C C A on you, Instagram. Morgan. Uh this comes from the uh from the website Rare Historical Photos, which honestly, I'm going to spend a little more time on. Uh Yeah, I like that. This is the, the title is When Cleveland Released 1.5 Million Balloons and Two Men Died, 1986. Uh, right. And it is not written by anyone, apparently. These words magically appear I can appear understand here. why. In 1986, charity organization United Way of Cleveland thought that they had mm-hmm. the perfect idea to generate a little publicity and create yep. a beautiful spectacle in the process an attempt to set a new world record for simultaneously released balloons. Now, this is Mm. right up Scotty and I's alley. Yep. I've definitely thought about, there's so many ideas like this that I've wanted to do that I, we just simply haven't because of environmental (laughs) concerns. But in 1986, that's right. That's what I was about to say.
0: Back then we weren't thinking about balloons, killing sea life. Now we know better. If you know better, do better.
1: And if, yeah the and the other thing I wanted to do was like release like uh like like a million bouncy balls down like the tallest street in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Somebody did that in after a commercial. I came, yeah, yeah, shortly after we had that idea, Sony did it for a commercial. And Come on uh, Sony. Hey Sony, did you clean up all those balls? Anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> on September 27th, 1986, the day of the stunt arrived. Though the organizers ultimately released the balloons earlier than previously planned due to a rainstorm that was fast approaching that day. I mean, already sounds like a they're in a bad position here. Uh, at 1:50 p.m. nearly 1.5 million balloons were let go. That's so
0: many balloons.
1: It's so many balloons and rose up from the Cleveland's from Cleveland's public square surrounding terminal tower. With the balloons free, there is these photographs are shocking. They are amazing. Even the 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 photos of before the balloons are released, it is a a veritable mountain of balloons because they have a net that overall is so of them, many down. I mean, I can't even think about how many people it took to inflate them and tie them. It's a lot uh, of balloons with the balloons free. The thinking was that they would all stay in the air until fully deflating and returning to earth. You know what? That would be my thinking as well. I've heard that's how balloons you got to think work. something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Regrettably, that's not what ended up happening. However, after being let go, the floating spheres of colorful helium filled latex. Why doesn't someone want to put their name on this? Collided with a front of cool air and rain causing them to Mm. fall back down towards the ground still inflated the more than one million balloons dropped back down to earth littering the land and clogging waterways all over northeast ohio oh my god not only that many of the balloons consequently washed ashore on the canadian side of lake erie the following several days afterwards uh a number of the balloons landed on a pasture in Medina County, Ohio, which spooked some Arabian horses owned by a woman, Louise Nowakowski, and reported led to injuries to the horses. Nowakowski subsequently sued United Way for $100,000 worth of damages, and the matter was settled under undisclosed terms. In the worst consequences to come from the disaster, though, mm-hmm. was when the balloons inadvertently impeded a search and rescue of two vanished fishermen, the missing wow. men... Raymond Broderick and Bernard Soltzer had been reported missing the day the event had taken place. Although their 16-foot boat was located anchored west of the Edgewater Park break wall, the Coast Guard Uh search and rescue crews were not able to find them since there were so many balloons scattered around. Rescuers couldn't distinguish between a balloon and a person. Oh, my Um, God. The wife of the one man later sued United Way. Yeah, United Way got decimated in this. I cannot believe that these guys... In the end, the event did... That is so crazy. Yeah. in In the end, the event did lead to a new world record being broken, but it didn't go off without a hitch. If there's one thing the tragic event proved was that even the most harmless of actions and the best of intentions could lead to a disastrous outcome. And then there's this photograph of like... It's a wide shot of 1986 Cleveland which looks all one color <laughs> and then mm-hmm. these balloons it almost looks like an explosion of color erupting out from the middle of the city it's really a, a, a breathtaking photo I'll that is photo crazy there. isn't that crazy man
0: yeah that's the photos of this. wow mm, they went for it oh it my really god died. I mean, we definitely, and then Up did it, the movie Up, Uh huh. Um, but we considered doing like a sitting in a chair, how many weather balloons full of helium would it take to fly into the air? We definitely discussed that. I went on a first date to the movie Up in Manhattan at Chelsea Theaters. Oh, my God. Did you cry
1: like in the first 10 minutes? I mean, that's a crazy, that's a crazy, like, just to like, hey, nice to meet you. How are you? I'm Scotty. Now let's watch... The, the most emotionally wrenching 10 minutes of a movie ever.
0: Yes, we met. It was uh, like a matinee, and we had met, I don't know, for coffee or whatever, and then she was like, do you want to go see this movie? All my friends tell me it's amazing. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. It was like 100 degrees or whatever, and so we walk in and sit down, and I picked up on what we were watching like in the, in the open, and I'm sure yeah. everybody's seen up now, so no huge spoilers here, but it started to hit me, and I turned to her and i said i'm just gonna let you know i'm probably gonna start crying and she goes thank god you said that this is the hardest shit i've ever seen and we sat next to each other and cried and then when that sequence the opening sequence was over it was like we laughed so hard because we were like
1: well we're starting at the bottom (laughs) We and oof. did you have a second date with this person? Oh yeah, yeah. That was oh. yes.
0: That person ended up being a girlfriend, actually. For I mean, we started at such an emotional oh. place
1: that yeah. you know you can't no, I start. I wonder if that. I wonder if that had anything to do with it.
0: Yes, tears at the it's beginning. Like that's, but,
1: yeah. that's like staring into the person's eyes. Have you heard about that thing? No. Like you stare into someone's eyes for like it's a recommend like literally can apparently make people fall in love. I don't know, but if. I think it's like you stare into someone's eyes for like five straight minutes, um, and yeah. it just it's like this it's apparently you a crazy feel weird. thing. you both yeah there's a, you both there's feel some real weird. sort of all of a sudden, yeah, oh, I am falling in love, that sort of thing.
0: I, I mentioned this to you really recently, um, when we were hanging out the other night. I worked on a show a few years ago, just a pilot with Emily Heller, the comedian mm-hmm. and writer who we should have on the pod. I love that Emily Oh, yeah, Heller. we should. And we should have her on the pod. And she and I were the only two writers. It was her idea and I was her co-writer. And she was like, I'm going to be not in on Friday. And I was like, that's cool. And she's like, I'm going to go see this mesmerizer. And I was like, what <laughs> is that? And apparently there was some um, east uh, Eastern European man – who tours the world as like I'm g- give me a fake name Kirk give me a man's first name
1: um Asbarak Asbarak I heard good <laughs> enough Asbarak I, that, a, Asbarak the mesmerizer
0: Asbarak the mem- mesmerizer tours the world yes so she paid I think like 25 bucks or 30 bucks it was like a pretty low amount But too much uh, and went to a hotel conference room where they had chairs set up. And then she said there were like 40 people there who had come to see this man. And it's totally silent, and he walks up in front of the room, and there's like a small little soapbox-sized stage, and he stands there with these wide eyes, and he stares at each person and mesmerizes them, and people burst into tears, people burst into hysterics. Emily said when he looked at her, she felt extremely strange, like he was doing something to her, and that guy just travels the world getting paid to stare directly into strangers' eyes and freak them out.
1: Wow. Wow. Guess what cool. Annie You stare at anybody For like two minutes It's yes. gonna be intense
0: <laughs> Yeah That really is true That's so It really crazy. is true
1: Oh I, we have Isn't to have funny. her on Just to talk about that
0: Yes Oh uh, yeah I wonder what his real name was It was probably like Ben
1: Ben the Mesmerizer
0: yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have her on um, I have a sweet one Right. This is a nice one And Bananimals, if you ever want to send Curdy B and I mail, don't send us anything illegal or insane. Baja Blast is really funny. We'll take that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a P.O. Box and you can message us or email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you our P.O. Box information. You can send us mail. Uh, This was in the BBC written by that hip and cool BBC staff. Mm -hmm. and sent in by devin k allward who sends a lot devin is working his way up he is coming up the scoreboard he's not operating at a copy haste or aaron erdman level but he's in the stefaniza realm for sure um british and u.s pen pals still keep in touch after both reaching 100 two people who have been pen pals since the 1930s, are still corresponding oh. and embracing technology to stay in touch, having both turned 100 years old. Wow. Isn't that great? It's already great.
1: Yeah, I'm already in.
0: Jeff Banks from Devon began writing to American Celesta Byrne after being given her details in 1938. Communication, which began in their 20s, is still going strong between uh, between Honiton and Texas. Oh, I see. That must be the town, Honiton. They also said uh, they both also said they planned on keeping the long running friendship going for as long as possible. I think they already have, but good for them. Keep it up. <laughs> it's it's been pretty. 80 years. Yeah. I think you're doing you've great. Done it. This must be a Guinness record. Um, their correspondence, uh, over the decades, they, the letters kept crossing the Atlantic, and since then, pen and paper have given way to emails with the help of their children, and now, sometimes, video calls. I mean, this is very sweet. This is great. Uh, they also met in person when Mr. Banks visited New York City or New York in two thousand two so from nineteen thirty eight to two thousand and two they had never met whoa, whoa that whoa. is extraordinary. Talk about bursting into tears I mean God wouldn't you just be like i don 't know this is a special one
1: Wait, Mr banks I, yeah,
0: well,
1: I, I want to know that what they crazy." Did. I want to know what yeah. they did. I, they, it would be very funny if they're like, do you want to go see a movie? <laughs> they
0: they went to, to Tad's and, and to got other? some
1: broiled steaks.
0: Oh, remember that I place, do. Tad's, that would advertise like the $5 broiled steak? No, so strange. I don't. It closed, sadly, I think.
1: Oh, wait, um, was it like uh, right near Times Square?
0: Yes. There's I no way it. you don't remember
1: Tad's steak. I've, it. It, I've had the yeah. steak.
0: It was, uh, it was like, I bet it was from the Depression era where it was like you could come and get a broiled steak and fries for $5. I think by the end it was like eight or nine or 10, but it was cheap steak.
1: Yeah, it was all, all of them were in a steam tray. I went on a 24 hour road trip. That makes uh, sense. And so we like went and got steak there, and it was, it was, um, I'm going to say it was a little under, it was under the, a sizzler quality steak. Mm-hmm. We love a sizzler in this podcast. We love a sizzler.
0: Great salad bar. The sizzler in Atwater Village, quality mm. salad bar. We should go have lunch uh, right soon. I would love that. Um, we can plan our bananas after dark tour if the banana animals wow. say yes. If they say yes. no, I don't. Then we'll just sulk over our chocolate pudding <laughs> at the end of the salad bar. Um, they also met in person when Mr. Banks visited New York in 2002. Mr. Banks said it was, quote, a great source of a uh, source of great satisfaction to write to her for all of these years. He said she's a very interesting person. We exchange stories, and she's good to talk to. I would hope so. Yeah. But with such a long-running friendship between the boy from England and the girl from the U.S., the question has been asked many times if there was mm-hmm. ever any romance. Mm-hmm. Celesta, which I just love that name, Celesta. Yeah. You never hear that name. Celesta I Swift.
1: think it might be just said Celeste.
0: It's got an A on the end.
1: An A? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were
0: C-E-L-E-S-T-A. Celesta, I, Celesta, I stand I
1: corrected, and I apologize.
0: It's okay. That's all right. It could be Celesta. We don't know this woman. She hasn't been writing yeah. to me since 1938. It could be
1: Chaliza Tia. <laughs>
0: Jelly, stop. Yeah, it could be yes. Uh It's Celesta. And oh, yeah, Celesta, it's Celesta swiftly put such questions to rest. Quote, no, we're just friends. <laughs> like people who live next door. I wish she said that. No exclamation points on that quote. Um, you ask how they're doing, you say a few words, and then you both go to work. There wasn't any glibly globbly stuff it was just normal neighbor stuff said jeff anyways god bless these two keep writing pen pals are great snail mail is great the band snail mail is great
1: yeah oh we might have snail mail on soon we're supposed to
0: but I just thought it's it was beautiful. so lovely. They, Since the 1930s, they've both turned 100 years old. They haven't done any of the glibly globbly stuff. They're just normal people who Is, meet sometimes in New York.
1: Did Celeste say glibly globbly or did the gentleman? You know, it's the a tough... Must. It's, That's a
0: British.
1: Yes. I don't Yeah,
0: so it's very interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is Tex, do Texans say glibly globbly They say a lot of weird stuff down there. I'm
1: going a, I'm to a, I'm a put my money on, no.
0: <laughs> well, take some time, Bananimals. If, if you're snowed in, I know it's cold in North America right now and Sweden and Norway, and take some time to write some letters to some old friends and just say, hey, how you doing? And you know what? They will be so touched, and if they're not... They're not your friend anymore, and that's fine, too.
1: <laughs> Take it from Scotty. He is a wonderful letter writer. I write tons uh, of letters. A postcarder. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I, really do. I don't know where he's finding the time. Well, Scotty, either. thank you so much, buddy. You got it, buddy boy. Thank you to Exactly
0: Right, our benevolent overlords, Karen in Georgia and Katie Levine, our wonderful producer and engineer, and to our full human intern, Lisa Magad. Uh, Keep listening to Bananas. Five-star reviews rock our butts off. Kurti B?
1: Bananas. Bananas.
0: Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production.
1: Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show.
1: And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.